This episode of Important If True is brought to you by Quip. Electric toothbrushes mailed to your home with brush head refills every three months. And if you go to tryquip.com slash thumbs, you can get $10 off your first brush head refill. That's tryquip.com slash thumbs. I'm going to record me. You guys ready with your tidbits and squeezes or whatever it was you said, Nick? <laughs> tidbits and Got squeezes. Oh, excuse me. Ah, oh, excuse you. That was just my my squeeze. <laughs> that was just my my tidbits mm, and mm, squeezes, bits. my bits. <laughs> Jake doesn't Jake doesn't like tidbits and squeezes. <laughs> Heffalum said woozles. <laughs> <laughs> Don't desire them. Too bad it's what you're about to get. Spicy bits. Give me your bits. Squeeze them out. New one. It's a new now. one. You ready for a new one? Mm. A new one of bits and squeezes. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no one asked for this. Well, it's what we deserve. <laughs> it's November 16th, 2017. And this is... Imp- <laughs> what? What is it? I don't know. God, I, I have never fucked that up. Oh, Weird. Well, oh, about that. Yeah, let's just say my hit rate is... is just for your edification. Hmm. It's November 16th, 2017. And this is Important If True. For Idle Thumbs, I am Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. I'm... Uh, I've never fucked this up before! Oh, God, fuck you. <laughs> oh. Who are you? I'm Jake Rodkin. Oh, hi. Hi, Jake Rodkin. Oh, hi. Hey. Now we can really start the show. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which we've never fucked up before. So it's, how's it going, everyone? It's, it's all right. It's going fine. Um, do you guys want... To do an email right off the bat here? Yeah, Let's sure. Launch straight uh, into yeah. an email. Let's take a swing. Unless anyone's got an icebreaker. Th- this ice was broken long ago, Chris. It's true. Mm. We broke it. Uh, Justin. <sighs> We're drowning. Justin <laughs> writes in Since I was a teenager, the number 314, 314, has haunted me. <clears throat> I see it everywhere. I see it on signs. I see it on license plates. And I see it a disproportionate amount of time when I look at a clock. This all started in high school when I would come home from school and walk into the front door at exactly 3.14 p.m. every day. I found it amusing at the time, but unfortunately, there was a terrible side effect. Seeing the same number almost every day tricked my brain into noticing it more, obvious confirmation bias, or so I thought. I started to see it in more and more one-off cases, most notably when I borrowed a brief history of time from the library. The only time the book had ever been borrowed before was once in 1992 on March 14th. 314 is also a letter replacement for CAD, C-A-D, a type of software I use every day. I have a math degree, and the first few digits of pi are 3.14. This next encounter I desperately wish I made up as an elaborate ruse, but as I was considering drafting this email, the Idle Thumbs video game podcast had just finished playing during my commute hours, and I soon realized in horror the next episode of Idle Thumbs to be recorded will be episode 314. <laughs> Jesus. And so I come to you. I need help breaking this curse. I am at a loss. This has gone on for over 20 years of my life, and I don't know what to do. <laughs> okay. Come back when it's when it's haunted. It's 314 years of your life. Then I'll really have some sympathy here. Uh, help me, important if true. You are my only hope. And then one day later, Justin also writes, look at this. It happened again. 314. And he has a receipt from... 
a, di- a diner or something. I thought it was a Taco Bell. I don't know why I thought that. I just assume everything's a Taco Bell. <laughs> why did Jake I think it was a Taco Bell? <laughs> From, to me, I everything's a Taco, Taco Bell. Bell. Oh, everywhere. my God. <laughs> why did I think that? Weird. What's wrong with me? No, it looks like the diner is It's like Jesse Carnitas or something. <laughs> Chris, I in my in, inbox, it was a Taco Bell. I'm it, sure of it. <laughs> in Nantucket, Connecticut? Yeah. Um, anyway, he's, his receipt number was 314, except I should note... There is a pipe character between the three one and the four. Yes, mm. I don't know if that matters. Um, this email is incredible to me because I started to try and look into this, uh-huh. and it's th- <laughs> it's the most bulletproof of all possible versions of this. Like at first, I was like, "Oh, all right, we'll just talk about confirmation bias." God, the email in fact refers to confirmation bias, and yeah, then yeah. I started looking. So what I started looking at um, was, does anyone else? think that the number 314 mm. that specific number mm. yes oh wow well i could see that yeah yeah i'd be like okay you know because like 314 is the first three digits of pi or like yeah. you know, wh- whatever oh <laughs> i just <laughs> come on chris <laughs> For the record, Chris pointed uh, in horror at the uh, studio uh, clock that is frozen at 3.14. <laughs> Forgetting that earlier Nick had said, I will stop the clock at 3.14. <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> I, uh, well. Part of me wants to just get this to... Uh, three minutes and 14 seconds and just stop it and have it locked there for the entire episode. <laughs> That's actually a funny idea. Very good. Very yeah. good. Hoisted. Oh, yeah, fucking hoisted. hoisted. <laughs> fuck. 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 Hoisted fuck. the most literal way given yeah. that moments ago yeah. we verbally agreed <laughs> yeah, right. to stop the timer at 314. God, what was the... Oh, okay. I remember everything now. Uh, it's all come back to me. <laughs> I know everything. So I looked up other people who feel like 314 has followed them around. And uh, I found a few. Um, one person on their blog uh, writes, After reading Freud's interpretation of the uncanny, it instantly reminded me one very uncanny element in my life, the number 314. Mm-hmm. For as long as I can remember, huh. it's followed me around. I remember one day looking at a receipt from Taco Bell that said I was order 314. <laughs> at 314, for how much? $3.14. <laughs> oh, man. That's um, pretty good. Uh, this person also claims that on March 14th, someone in their family is like gets married or dies or has a baby or whatever. Uh, but I, I also f- found oh this person, this person and one other person that I found make uh, oblique references to Stephen Hawking. Mm. What? Which is okay uh, because this person talks about a brief history of time they talk about Stephen Hawking. they checked out a brief history of time yeah. and the only other person to check it out on 314 so I, uh, there's a blog entry called just what is 314 and this person doesn't tell me but they say um if you know if you know me well enough you know i'm obsessed with the number 314 i've been asked countless times the significance of it uh, of this number but you know they 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 talk about hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy and how in that book they claim that the uh answer to the question of what is the meaning of life the universe and everything is 42 yeah mm-hmm. um and then this person points out that three times 14 is 42 the the part of this that it, the part of this blog god this blog is terrible but it just made me feel like we're just scratching the surface right. of some it great just mystery it's a deep dive into this shit 
This person just straight up says Stephen Hawking has produced several hypotheses about the number, but no one can seem to understand what he's talking about. A young <laughs> reporter from Cambridge University once interviewed Hawking and asked, Mr. Hawking, is it true that only three people in the world understand the number 314? Hawking paused a moment and replied, I'm trying to think of who the third one is. He was, of course, referring to me as the second person. What? <laughs> so What the fuck off? I know. I, I, hate, I hate that I feel like there's just these tiny corners of the yeah. internet that in combination with this email are basically trolling us in a way that the I actual, can't perceive. The actual phenomenon here is not that certain people see 314 in nature or that 314 is predominant in nature. It's that certain people believe they are special because yes. of observing or understanding the number 314. <laughs> are you, yeah, in, are I, you in Club 314? Yeah. <laughs> like, I also just tried looking. I well, was this like, way I think we know the third person now. It's Justin. Yeah, yeah it's Justin. Justin. It's, it's Stephen Hawking that reporter and Justin. Yeah, it's not a reporter. It's not a reporter. It's a oh, blogger. Oh, it's a blogger. Uh, oh, oh, excuse me. Mm, yeah. Wow. Mm. Ooh, ow, mm. man. Some mm. serious shade from Jake. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about with this. With some sort of journalist. No, this is a blogger, my friend. Uh, I then just started looking up a couple other numbers, and I found some people who were talking about. I can't. Not. I see three twelve everywhere, and then uh. I was like, ah, two hundred sixty-six. What is the significance of two sixty-six? It's everywhere. But three, three, uh, three fourteen had more. Than, than a lot of the other numbers that I looked up. I only found one or two threads about most numbers, but 314 had like three or four people at, at least. Uh, <laughs> and I was right. Um, I was wondering if maybe. So here's my theory about this. Yeah. If you take the numbers three and four and add them up, it's a seven. And mm-hmm. if you put a one in front of that, it's 17. Oh uh, which God. which is, is the number of hours behind that your uh, ghost is following you <laughs> as oh determined God. by important if true. So I think that all of these yeah. people are being sent psychic messages from their 17 and a half hour uh, ghost echo mm, that yeah. we talked about like three weeks ago. I'm pretty sure that's what's actually going on. Yeah. Yeah. You know what this reminded me of? Uh, and I don't know that it's connected in any way, but it reminded me of Benford's Law. Are you, are you guys familiar with this? I am not. This is a. W- uh, it's, it's a one sentence law. The number 314 is significant. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's Benford's <clears throat> Law. It is. It's Benford's Law. This is a, a, a strange quirk of, um, I guess, just the way that humans use numbers and the, the results that that has. And it's used in, to detect financial fraud. And mm. essentially, Benford's Law states that numbers. Like digits, you know, uh, zero through nine, are n- or one through nine, I guess, and because of the specifics of what the law means, uh, one through nine are not equally likely to show up as the leading digit of just numbers. Like a common mm. thing people will do when they're fabricating financial documents is they will assume that any given digit is equally likely to sh- to to appear. Huh. You know, be- which you which is intuitive. That's what you'd think, right? I mean, numbers are just in all the different calculations that can happen, you know, just in anything, you know, if you're fabricating a document trying to create a paper trail, um, you would assume that if you're making up a number, you'd want it to be purely random or something pretty close to it in order to not appear that you're putting your thumb on the scale. Um, But in fact, uh, weirdly, the digits one through nine are decreasingly likely Mm. to be the leading digit of anything numerical data yeah yeah huh. uh, in just sets of numerical data yeah it's, so one is considerably more likely than two to be the leading data which is somewhat more likely than three and so on all the way 
all the way to nine. Hmm. Um, and so I was, tr- I, I, this was like scratching in the back of my head. So I looked it up and I was trying, I was really hoping that when I saw this, the most likely numbers would be in order three, one, four. They are not. <laughs> it just goes in the order of one to nine. And I mean, it depends <clears throat> on the person though. If you're, if you're Justin, yeah, Justin's, Justin's law, Justin's law is three fourteen yeah. is what every number is yeah. forever. I actually want to see, I actually want, I, so, um, Justin, what you should start doing is, I mean, you're a, you have a math degree, so this should be pretty easy for you. Just start recording all numbers that you encounter in your life in a spreadsheet mm. and then do a statistical analysis and plot the frequency uh, of digits similarly to Benford's law. And surely that will not cause you any <clears throat> more additional problems in terms of obsessing over these numbers <laughs> yeah, and right. focusing all of your mental energy on, on this <laughs> issue. Uh, but I would be I it would I would be curious to get a follow up on that. Even just like a one week sample. Yeah, like know? a one week sample. Just, just yeah. give us a just limit it to one week. I when I was this is not in any way related to the three one four thing. But when I was a kid, I had a, <clears throat> a copy of A Brief History of Time by Stephen Hawking. I had an uncle who was um, an astrophysicist, mm. or still is, I suppose, and um, discredited. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> And I remember, I don't know. He started if I, talking about weird numbers, and they were like, eh. Yeah, no, 314, <laughs> yeah. to me, to me. Um, I don't really remember if that was the reason I was really interested in space. I think a lot of kids are just really interested in space. Kids love space. Yeah. and it's I, scary. I had a copy of that book that I either we got used from the library or was given to us or something because it was definitely well-worn. And I remember, like. Page 314 was especially. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know if that book was 314 pages long. It was actually fairly short. It was a slim volume, I remember. Um, but I... Uh, oh, it's brief. Yeah, it is brief. Um, I I just... I, I wonder if this is a common experience. But I remember having that book and sort of... I owned it long enough as a child that I, I sort of over time, I think, unintentionally convinced myself that I had read and understood it. Like I, I remember mm. growing, like you know, going years into my adolescence with just this sort of unquestioned. Oh, where you're like, ah, brief history of time. Yes. Yeah, I've read that. Like whatever the <laughs> f- fuck that means. Like yeah, I, right. like because I remember as an adult going back, and my parents were like, "Hey, we're gonna throw away just all your stuff. Just go take what you want that we're not gonna get rid of." Mm-hmm. And I, and I remember going, just being like, "Oh yeah, these are the books I had. I remember these," and going through that one. <laughs> this, none of this shit makes any sense. I'm sure it's really interesting, but I was like, there is a zero percent chance that eight year old me understood any, you know, fucking three point one four percent of this. Uh, and it was, it's just one of those weird like self conception things mm-hmm. that went totally unchallenged in my brain for years, and then just hit a brick wall, you know, a decade or two later. Uh, when I realized I was obviously even even more of an idiot than yeah. than one would assume. Well, books felt more powerful, like in that era. I find like like I remember. Oh God! Do you mean in that era of history, or yeah. that era of your like of, of, of a existence. person's life? Sort of yeah, of, of existence. Just sort of like I mean, I guess I guess the internet probably existed then, but it's still like we didn't have like Wikipedia or anything where you could like rapidly look anything up. Like I remember when I was in like middle school, they pulled some kids out. Uh, no, it wasn't middle school. It was like fourth or fifth grade. And they said, okay, you kids, like, you, you've you sort of, you know, you're ahead of the curve or whatever. There's a challenge. There's, like, a statewide challenge. Uh, we want you to go into the library, and there will be no uh, adult supervision. You get mm-hmm. to just, you know, have, like, two hours out of every day. But this week, 
you need to design a combustion engine from <laughs> scratch and using only the knowledge located in this library. And we went uh, in the library, and I remember it was like like six people, like six kids. It felt like a boardroom meeting, but for like fourth graders. Right. And we were just staring at each other, <laughs> thinking like, what the hell? Like, I guess we'll look at the encyclopedia and start with E. And right. then like very quickly we realized there was no way we were going to ever break so, through yeah, to figuring out how to design an engine. Okay, so you were going to look up engine? Well, I don't know what we thought we were going to do, but, but yeah. basically what we did was sit in a room for like several days but I remember thinking like oh we're absorbed like we're getting close yeah like right. we're you know what I mean like I had that feeling Wait, of you were like, in the library for days yeah well like every day like locked, for multiple hours you in there well, come out with an engine <laughs> <laughs> they did basically <laughs> we the doors really, were closed we just really need an engine yeah yeah they needed to know and we had but we felt I remember that Which feeling six of kids like kids won't be missed <laughs> <laughs> you are all special students who are ahead of the curve <laughs> we really need this engine <laughs> what was the what was the point of this? Exactly? It was some like statewide challenge or competition. I don't even know. <laughs> the state of Michigan really needs. Yeah, some <laughs> yeah, right. Of all states, we we're the one that don't yeah. know how to make a car. Uh, yeah. Anyway, man. I, but American, I remember American like, manufacturing. It's really yeah. fun. <laughs> just American auto industry. Not what it These was. kids have all just learned how to read. They'll probably they could do this for free. We could just get them to do it. <laughs> The knowledge has to be in one of these books. <laughs> Make these kids find it and tell us what they learned. God, and I remember... I remember the Japanese last day. school kids are way ahead of the curve on this shit. I remember, I remember the last day we knew we had fucked up and had nothing. Like we literally had just absolutely <laughs> I love that you were nothing sweating about this. Oh no, I was nervous. The other kids didn't give a shit, and I remember like people started. There was just a rack, you know, like one of those racks that you could turn with books, like as on a display. Those are all just like shitty detective novels. No, There's it no was Clifford. It was all Clifford books. <laughs> I remember we just sat around like reading Clifford and laughing about it, and that was what we did. And then we went back into the room and said we don't know and, and they <laughs> so stupid failed. yeah we and just they failed. said f yeah <laughs> anyway you're but looking no, up I'm... e but you should have been looking up f <laughs> for flunk yeah man what a strange thing did other kids from other schools like in the i don't state know i would be curious engine? to know uh, yeah Hopefully i'm, I'm sure one guy in nick's school who had to make an engine for some reason was like yeah there's a statewide competition. <laughs> Man, what is what an interesting, weird... Meanwhile, yeah, in another school, kids thing. literally emerged out of the library having built a fully functional combustion engine that ran on books. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, this is problematic for other reasons. You, <laughs> you just feed it books. You just feed it <laughs> Burn all the books. <laughs> they say knowledge is power. <laughs> <laughs> Says, like, the shitty Steve Jobs who emer- yeah, kid yeah, yeah. who emerges out of that library <laughs> with a... <laughs> combustion engine that uses books as fuel I give you the future of American industry no 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 I'm sorry you you also get an F because but on principle yeah <laughs> that kid was expelled from the school and then came back years later to become its principal sorry just a really bad Steve Jobs joke there <laughs> Oh my god, I, I, I didn't track that at all. Oh yeah, it took me a minute, but... What were you actually going to say, Jake? Sorry. Oh, a complete change of subject, which mm, uh, when please. you were talking about... <laughs> when you were talking about the how people detect forgeries in this oh, yeah, law yeah, about yeah. numbers, and I had no idea what it was, I thought that you were going to propose... I was hoping, actually, that you would that you would 
be taking us into some sort of research about numbers that people just lean to or find naturally pleasing because mm. when thinking about 314 and, and looking for numbers that follow you around and sort of just humans gravitating towards certain numbers it reminded me that uh, I don't think about this as much now because of cell phones I don't think about phone numbers very much mm. but there used to just be like just phone numbers were a working thing that you just had oh, to have yeah. in your head I all the time. I used to know so many phone numbers. In fact, there are people, my friends from high school, yeah, I whose phone numbers I remember, and mm. I don't know my wife's fucking yeah, phone that's number. That's true. I'm yeah. just, I'm like one digit away from finally having my wife's I phone know, number. I'm so I've got close. a couple that are yeah, transposed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, there were always phone numbers that just had a more or less pleasing cadence or sound I to totally them. Agree. And to the mm-hmm. point, like where sometimes you would hear a phone number that someone was saying, and your brain would like fill in the remaining couple of digits based on sort of the rhythm that you would predict yeah. it would be, and then it yeah. was or wasn't that, and it was either very satisfying or very disappointing. Yeah. And I was, and I wonder. I don't think any of us know about this, and I didn't look. In, I didn't even try to look it up before we recorded. Uh, but if there's any actual rhyme or reason to that beyond literal rhyme uh, or literal patterns like like you know like whatever six, seven six six two three two three or like yeah, whatever that's yeah. obviously like there's just yeah. literal repetition in there but sometimes it's not that sometimes there would be phone numbers that just have a really good feel to them numerically and i didn't mm. ever know if there was anything to it and i was hoping you were about to be like ah well there is this pattern but instead <laughs> yeah no there was just some boring real I mean, there may still be but yeah that's yeah. a different thing man i have actually three I have lived in three different zip codes across three cities and two states, like two different coasts of mm-hmm. the United States that have the exact same five digits in the zip code in different order. For a while, I, I had two different cell phone numbers that ended in 3358, which I think was just someone at a phone store when I changed carriers decided to try and be friendly oh, and sure. do that. But it, like, it wasn't actually helpful because none of the rest of the number was the same. Yeah. And then my street address was 3358 for a while, and that really confused people. Mm, oh, weird. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, interesting. But that that stopped when I... I threw that identity away. And when you threw that phone into the ocean. When I threw that phone into the ocean, so satisfying, and started my <laughs> new life as a podcast host. Uh, I kept the same name and social security number and credit history and stuff, but like those four numbers are behind me now. Yeah. yeah. <gasps> oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, because we pulled that stupid timer gag, I have no idea no how long we've been recording this podcast, and I have no idea if it's time to take a break or not. This is really throw this 314 has really wrecked me. Well, my... it's 314 into this podcast. I think it's time to take a break. All right, let's take a break. Uh, Bits. Tidbits and squeezes. <laughs> Important if true. You are what you eat. Who brought us this podcast? I wonder. Uh, he asks himself alone. <laughs> what? I'm I'm here, Jake. Oh my. Hi, Chris. Wow. Sorry. Hey, it's just me, your 17-hour ghost. <laughs> I was just off in another space where there's uh, no ads. Well, in this space, this podcast is brought to you by Quip. Electric toothbrushes sent to your home uh, with brush head refills every three months. They're very well designed. They're compact. They're very, very simple and elegant. It is like the most minimalist, stripped down version of an electric toothbrush you could ever want or need. It's perfect. It sounds very elegant it to is, me. It is elegant. I would call it elegant. I probably did already. Uh, is this a, so this is a sort of like a disruptive uh, business model for toothbrushes. <laughs> like it disrupts uh, I mean something. I, I guess it disrupts the contents of your mouth and leaves them clean. Yeah, it, it sort of disrupts the like plaque and little morsels of mm. food out of your teeth. But also like 
those other electric toothbrushes. That's exactly right. And if you go to triquip.com slash thumbs, you can get $10 off your first brush head refill on your Quip electric toothbrush. Triquip.com slash thumbs. That was a meaningless ad. (laughs) This episode of Important If True is also brought to you by... Warby Parker. Oh, them. Prescription. That's right. It's them. Right, I got I to gotta get my ad game on. I'm sorry, get Chris. Get your ad game on. Get your glasses on at warbyparkertrial.com slash thumbs, where you can get five frames of your choosing sent to your home to try on for five days for free, so you know exactly what you're going to look like when your sweet prescription version of those frames glasses comes back to your house <laughs> you're freaking out jake this ad for some reason seems like it has like 15 percent too many words and i can't tell what's going on yeah they always do because it's like <laughs> five frames four five days for free it's like i go into a weird yeah. f- flow state when i describe the warby parker trial.com slash thumbs offer <laughs> uh, which is also a lot of syllables right but no you get those nice frames you could try them on see if you look good or if you look less good Pick mm-hmm. the most good ones. Yeah, exactly. Pick send the one that send makes them you all right. back. Then the most good one comes back with prescription lenses inside the frames. Mm-hmm. Then you put them on your face. It's Warby Parker, <laughs> home of the most good one. <laughs> That's they market themselves based on the most good ones. They, yeah. it's their cla- cla- You may know Warby Parker uh, for that. Uh, I have become a nighttime glasses guy because like my, you wear them when you're asleep only. So like if no. you wake up, if you wake <laughs> up in the crushed. night. If you wake up in the night, you've crushed them. No, if you, if there's like an intruder. No, it's like when I get home. Often I'll, I'll so my wife prefers how I. Oh, look so they're like glasses. slippers. Uh, yeah, or, or exactly. they're like a robe for your exactly. eyes. Exactly, they're like a robe for your eyes. WarbyParkerTrial.com/slash/thumbs. Try on five robes for your eyes. Pick the best one robe, and put your prescription in it. Warby Parker. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> Orbyparkertrial.com slash thumbs to try on five frames, prescription, eyeglasses, or sunglasses. And now back to an episode that I assure you has a completely different tone than whatever these last three minutes were that we spent with you. It was probably six minutes. Hi. Hey. Oh. We are back. We're back on this podcast. Are we back? I've never fucked this up before. <laughs> <laughs> we should get the actual real timer oh, going yeah. again. This okay. 314 is going to... We can't start the timer again. It's... Okay. I was going to say that like maybe we'd be caught in the loop where the timer keeps flipping to 314, but it's a digital timer. So for all I know, it's been doing that the entire time. That's true. Mm. Um, okay. Nels writes, when I was 10 or 12, I made a quip about liking Hawaiian shirts. No idea why. Maybe because of Dale from Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Little did I know a floral printed Pandora's box had been opened. It began with my dad giving me one of his old Hawaiian shirts. Then I got one as a birthday gift for my mom. This information was transmitted to relatives, and then every birthday and Christmas, I'd receive at least one Hawaiian shirt from a parent, extended family member, or family friend, all far too large for my gangly frame. This continued for a decade. Being an awkward middle and high school dork already wasn't doing me any style favors, and now I had a closet literally overflowing with the most garish and ill-fitting garments imaginable. And because my mother had battered me into a very southern sense of always needing to display gratitude, I couldn't bring myself not to wear them because that would be impolite. So the antithesis of cool was 100% me. I think generally adults have no idea what to buy kids as presents once the kid is too old for plush stuffed animals. Did you ever have your family get fixated on the idea that you really liked something, even if you were at best lukewarm on it, and proceeded to gift you that something in volumes that greatly outstripped your interest or desire? 
That's a very specific question. <laughs> Remain peppery, Nels. Nels. P.S. <laughs> out of an intangible sense of obligation, I dragged these shirts with me from high school to college, then to grad school in Canada, and finally at a luau-themed party, I brought them along for everyone else to wear, if not properly adorned. At one point, I put on two-thirds of them at once. I'm not kidding about how monstrously oversized they were. And the photographic evidence is attached. At the end of this party, the shirts were donated to charity. The curse was finally lifted, or at least transferred to someone else. What were you, Jake? You were about to say something in a scolding fashion. It sounded like I was. <laughs> oh, about that peppery thing. Oh, oh, is that what you were? Oh, that's all. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah. I don't mm, approve. Mm. No, no, no one does. <sighs> Um, I think that Chippendale Rescue Rangers, I think one of them is actually dressed like Magnum P.I. and the other one is dressed mm. like another notable TV Indiana detective. Jones. Oh, yeah, Indiana Jones. It's uh, Indiana Jones yeah, and Magnum yeah. P.I. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, both roles, uh, one played by and one initially desired to be played by Tom Selleck, I think. That's right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 God, I had this exact same thing happen to me, kind of. I mean, my dad definitely gave me a Hawaiian shirt and then I just remember year by year like Hawaiian shirts accumulating in my closet. I don't know why or yeah. like, but yeah. I just know that I huh. had like the five this is a Hawaiian phenomenon. shirts that I just never wore and kind of felt embarrassed by. And yeah, people, people hmm. started giving my wife Dana owl related <clears throat> stuff because she got something once and then she's just leaned into it and it's like, fine. That's just oh, the, that looks like such a specific thing you guys have in your apartment. Oh, it's because people just inundated her with that shit for oh, years. Then she that. just went, I guess I like I this. I thought that was, I thought, <laughs> I thought, so when we visited your new no. apartment as, and you were like setting it up. I thought that you had picked that as a theme. No, it's literally because she is just buried in it because people just kept giving her stuff like wow. it. And she's like, oh, I mean, owls are cool. Fine. I mean, see, that's kind of cool. I would totally, I would totally, as an adult, I would totally lean into that. I hate gift giving. I mean, she did. Like, I, she eventually, like, if there's a shitty thrift no, store know, painting I of mean, an owl, I'm, she'll just buy it now because no, it's funny. <laughs> sure, whatever. I think that's fine. I mean, at least because then, because the, the takeaway from that is now when other adults visit your apartment, your apartment just looks way more like together and intentional than most people's. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Well, because most of that stuff is pretty tasteful. Like you don't have garish owl shit. Most of it is like little figurines uh, yeah. or things with it's, like an owl motif tastefully. It's in not the, on yeah. purpose, but I mean, it is now, I guess. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it looks very together. That was after years of, of separating the owl wheat from the owl shaft. <laughs> right, I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but also, if you look in her closet, it's all huge Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> with owls. With owls. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, I really hate gift giving. I, it is an, a hugely stressful experience for me. Um, I, I never know what, to, especially my family, to be honest. Like, I have mm. no idea what to get my family. And especially now that I'm an adult and I don't, like, I would rather, I mean, if it were up to me, we would just uh, like, dissolve the concept of gift-giving holidays entirely and never do it. And I wouldn't have to get any or give any. <laughs> I hate like, that I have to, like, think about what someone would really like and it will be really meaningful to them, says yeah. Chris Ramo. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know how to, like, what the hell? I mean, I'm going to do anyway. Like, I can, if I really need something, it's possible for me to, like, no one's going to, like, no one in my family especially is going to buy me get something. Get it yourself. I'm going to be like. Why do I have to give it oh, to you? Oh, good. I'm yeah. really glad you got this for me. Like, it's, that never happens. Is this seriously not an experience you guys? You I sometimes have this problem, uh, but I, I tend to think that the problem is with me and not with society's <laughs> desire to show gratitude to people important to you. Oh, it is so stressful. I find it to be mm. debilitating. I, I, I when it when it's Chris, 
it's like agonizing for weeks and I go to the stupid mm. mall, which is a place I never mm. go in normal life. And I go to all the stupid little stores in it. And I'm like, what do I, this is impossible. It's to me every time. <laughs> and I like, I know that I'm not going to get something from any of them. That's like, I feel the anxiety about it, but I love the experience of giving people gifts mm. so much that yeah. I can't entirely yeah. relate to this. I have yeah, to say, no, that's good. My that's problem good. is that I'm a big piece of shit who just doesn't follow through on it. But like when I do, do I'm like I don't give enough gifts. Oh, I just sometimes <laughs> like don't give someone in my family a gift because I've forgotten to do it in time. Yeah. But when I do it, I'm always very proud, and the feeling of giving a gift to someone makes me feel so good. Yeah. That I yeah. that I can't I can't. Uh, I can't second See, your proposal for throwing gift-giving holidays in the trash. No, I, t- I totally I, – I, I love that in theory. I totally get what you mean. Oh, no, I, I don't like it in theory. I like I, – in theory, I hate it. But I, I, in practice, when I actually do it, I like no, it. No, that's yeah. fair. I think the thing that is that is so limiting to me – okay, so here's an example of how this also debilitates me. Greeting cards. Mm. I oh, I gave up on that. Greeting can, cards are a big piece of shit. Greeting yeah, cards are yeah. separate and are a big piece of shit. A blank greeting card that you can just say "Happy Birthday" and your name is the best find in a greeting you card store. You can't fucking find them anywhere anymore. Like it's, it's so hard. You have to go. You have to go to like hard. a boutique. Yeah, exactly. Gift store. You have to go to some mm. frou frou greeting card store where you pay eight dollars for someone's letterpress greeting card. If you go to a, just a convenience store, if you go to the CVS, or there's the often Walgreens one or blank card in the corner that's a big piece of shit, but I still always buy it over yeah, the ones the that are. Yeah, that's the only one I buy. I can't. I can't deal with what like I, what these I've cards st- that have some fucking so, shit in it. That's like you're my favorite person, and I'm like, that's a lot to. I, that's a big sentiment to put on a thing. I that will I'm admit give to that I bought uh, a pack of white construction paper for the sole purpose of. Gluing of razor cutting out white wow. paper and taping mm. over the bullshit inside of greeting really? cards. Yeah, because I, I could hate ne- it. I, could I never hate do it that. so fucking much. But I mm. also really like just writing something nice in a card and giving it to someone. I could never. I could never risk That's what the I, paper trail there. Of what? Well, someone would. Who cares? It's still there. I'm still giving them the words that are. Who cares? It's glued over. I guess. Yeah. I think people people will appreciate the. the I mean, and then on top of that, I put myself in this position where then I see I don't ever feel content to just write like Merry Christmas or Happy Birthday or whatever. I feel like I oh, let me tell you the other upside of this. Let me tell you the other upside of this technique that I'm that I'm endorsing here mid episode. What? is you get infinite practice runs because you can write it on the piece of paper before you cut it out and affix it into the uh, card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like uh, yeah. this is bulletproof, Chris. Yeah, the worst is when I is when I think <laughs> I have something like I've figured it out in my head and then I start writing and then I realize like halfway through the sentence you're like fucked. Oh, you fuck it fuck, yourself. <laughs> either now I'm too self-conscious to write the thing I intended to write or like I fucked it up in some way and then I have to like do a mid-air right. you know fucking barrel no. roll and like Twist into a different sentiment halfway through the sentence, and yeah, sometimes no. that gets pretty. Greeting cards are a big, but piece I of spent shit. like eight dollars on this fancy ass card from the store, and I don't want to just spend one. fifteen dollars and get the card where you can record your own custom audio greeting, and then just the bullshit trash of the card means you don't have to do anything. Yeah, the card it just comes with so much shame built into it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, or like a Family Guy quote that just plays on loop when you open the card or something. Oh my just god, like, mm-hmm. just I can't th- think of anything that would that would give me more like. <laughs> Psychic trauma in advance than giving any member of my family a talking family guy. Oh, no, just card. then you you uh, put the construction paper overlay on top and just write, I love you, Chris, as the only text inside of the card. <laughs> well, it has Thanks like some for being Stewie in my Griffin. Family guy. Oh. 
Thanks for being my family guy. <laughs> Guaranteed that is a card you can buy. Oh, yeah. Somewhere. Oh, for sure. <laughs> anyway. Uh, what, what, I don't know. Huh? What is the question? It's about Hawaiian mm, shirts or I something? Don't know. Oh, how do you rid yourself of this curse? Oh, I don't know how to rid yourself of this. There's no actual way to do it. Because I mean, of I all of the- The, the all way the to rid g- yourself is to become an adult, I think. Mm. It depends on the thing. Like when you're a Hawaiian shirt yeah, kid, yeah. also this is like being the peanut butter ki- uh, jelly king or whatever, the ketchup king, which I guess is what oh, yeah. where, where it started. But yeah, yeah, this is an impossible curse to rid yourself of because of everyone who has the same gift giving anxiety that you're talking about, Chris. If you if you learn oh, like, once you slot that in, if you're, you're like, you're, oh, oh, this yeah. person loves Hawaiian shirts, yeah. I uh, boom mm-hmm. instant like it's you you're just giving yourself. Or you're giving everyone else the easy out. You're giving, yeah, you're giving them the lane that they can fall into and give you the thing. Like, yeah, so yeah, yep. you're just fucked forever. If it, especially if it's a thing that has tasteful adult versions of like, oh, I'll just get an owl. Right. You could always go to any nice store and find an owl. We, we in fact, got you guys owl stuff. Yes. Because we thought it was a thing you desired. It's oh, amazing it's, how. But you guys, you guys got us nice, tasteful, good ones. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah no, it's see, it, it's true. It just goes forever. Yeah. It just go. You cannot well, see, escape. Actually, what this what this teaches me, both the Hawaiian shirt thing and the owl thing, what this teaches me is I need to figure out a way to cultivate to to plant the seeds of yeah. a thing that I actually do approve of that can then you know, spread um, within my family and friend circle and then be essentially a safeguard or, or sort of like a nudge in the direction mm. of something that I'm happy to be repeatedly gifted in a, in a sort of a theme year over year by year. Just always show up with like sunglasses that have pictures of $100 bills in, <laughs> uh, on, the, on them and a, a jacket made entirely of like just cash. Yeah. And be like, <laughs> I just love cash. I just love get lots of cash. It's my, kind of my thing. It's my thing. Just They money would just give and... you like a book about the president on uh, on the cash. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like however yeah, that no, that's designed, right. you would not you receive would be money. You would be subverted. Yeah. Like, oh, he really like, likes Lincoln. Oh, like, here's a set yeah. of coasters that are just pictures of all of the engraved yeah. Dollar bills. Yeah. Here's a, uh, a, oh, a, a sheet of a uncut dollar Mount bills. Rushmore. Right. <laughs> oh, it's already a thing. Here's it's a coffee al- table book oh, about the history of yeah. the mint. Yeah, that's already. I a just remembered that my parents and then all of her siblings, probably by way of her, were convinced that I had like a quarter collection of like all of because there were the fifty state oh. quarters, and it was like I got books about that and all of the collectors. Oh, yeah. that people would just send me quarters. I was like, I don't maintain it. I don't have this. <laughs> So like I just had a Ziploc bag full of quarters that people had sent me that I eventually what, just spent. There, you in said there the state court, the yeah. state ones. Yeah, I, that is one of the most brilliant marketing moves oh, yeah. on the part of the U.S. Mint. That shit is is unbelievable. I, I I would love to see reporting or some kind of statistics on what percentage of Americans basically sort of softly considered themselves coin collectors for oh, like some number of years ever since they a introduced very large percentage yeah not like as a yeah. serious like intense hobby but right. i mean I, I i know so many people including myself who have, at least for some period of time got really into like oh yeah here's a montana one i don't have mm-hmm. that one yet and like, yeah i think i had col- the book where you could slot yeah, them in yeah 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 that oh my god a, amazing Machiavellian mm-hmm. move. Get people to just have money yeah. and take like just take more b- money that we can mint that isn't even that just have it. Um, anyway, uh, my grandmother, uh, the basically the only gift she ever gave my brother and myself for uh, her entire life. She's still alive she's actually over 100 years old now but she just doesn't wow. send us stuff anymore which is fair enough she's incredibly old um but uh 
the only gift we ever got from her was every year um, for each of our birthdays, she would send us one $2 bill. Oh, man. You oh, told about you talked about this on the podcast oh, before, I? I think. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Because I, I remember my, my rejoinder story to receiving $2 bills. Which was what? When I worked at Apple Computer briefly, I started there in, uh, on a summer intern program in like, I guess, 2000, and Steve Wozniak came and talked. And what he said that he used to do for a while when he was younger and an eccentric nerd who had money is he would buy the um, uncut sheets of $2 bills, which I guess still would be considered a uh, valid tender if they were mm. cut to size, but he would get them... Oh, that's right. He would yeah. get them perforated and then put into a checkbook, like bound into a checkbook, <laughs> and then he would go to retail stores and just un- like perfor- oh and like just tear them off like checks. Uh, God, that's so funny. And people would be really upset by this, yeah, but he'd be yeah. like, no, it's, val- it's valid tender. It's, a, yeah. it's an official $2 bill. Yeah. It was like, just like the most... Hmm. Shitty treatment just he could possibly be like, yeah. yeah. What is the weirdest currency, and then what man. is the most just wow. out, stupid but still <laughs> legal thing you could do to them? And it's to just get them punched into perforated books that you could then yeah. just piece off at retail stores. That's incredible. Yeah, that's yeah. such an amazing, stupid thing to do. Yeah, if you just have time and money at your disposal. Yeah, I guess anyone. Could, I guess that in itself is not intrinsically expensive, except that you're just. You're paying a cost. The time per bill. and effort required yeah. to like yeah. get huge money to make money sheets. that's less convenient to use <laughs> yes. than regular money. Yeah, just so you can be a weird eccentric man at a register. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's see. What's next? Um, we have uh, an email from Andy who writes. Oh, Andy! Hello, thumbs. In high school, my twin brother took a lot of olives for lunch, only to later dump them in a flower pot. Does that does <laughs> yeah, that mean <laughs> one time or like? A lot of like is that hmm. over the course of uh, Chris, right? He he dumped all of them. Oh, oh. fuck! Off. What? What? An older bully saw it and mistook me for him, and I got bullied for two years and given the nickname the Olive. Have you or someone <laughs> like close the, to you? Wait, what's that like Olive Boy or like whatever? It's just no. the Olive. Yeah, that's kind of that's cool. like a good that's nickname. Like, yeah, it sounds like, like a mobster yeah. nickname or yeah. Yeah. Andy the Olive. Your last name? Yeah. Here, Tinker uh, Taylor have, Soldier Have you Olive. or someone close to you ever done something accidentally or not that would change how people would see you for years? Love the show, Andy from Sweden. Andy the Olive from Sweden. Well, I think I think uh, I think important if true listener Nels can definitely relate to this story. Uh, Nels the Hawaiian Nels, Anderson. The, the Nels the Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> they call him. Yeah. Oh the my! I, I have approximately the dumbest answer oh, yeah, go for, for this. Go for it. Uh, oh, it relates to Taco Bell, my favorite place. Mm. Uh-huh. So it was three fourteen, and I went to Taco Bell uh, franchise three fourteen three fourteen, which is the San Rafael uh, Taco Bell in Marin County. Uh huh. Not uh, the Pacifica Taco. Bell. Not the. No, this is just a regular ass Taco Bell that I used to go to because it was near work. Yep. Um. And uh, one day I was I was coming home very late from work, um, and I went to to you know the Taco Bell drive through instead of going home to eat, make myself dinner like one does. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess the car in front of me was just like a weed explosion, <laughs> like it was yeah. just like smoke emitting from that car as, yeah. it, as and then it drove away. And then the Taco Bell attendee came up and I pulled up. And uh, he handed me my order, and he smelled all of that pot, and like thought that it was me. And he uh-huh. was like, "Nice, yeah." No. <laughs> and he was just like kept just like <laughs> winking and nudging at me. 
uh, as if like I had been clearly just like smoking yeah, a huge hot yeah, just hotboxing yeah. my car, but and then just somehow hit it all except for the smell by the time the food picked right. up. But then I, I worked at a video game company and drove home past this Taco Bell often. Yeah. So from then on for like months, this guy who was the late night drive through <laughs> guy would be like. Yeah, hey, yeah, he kept always like, like <laughs> winking and like, yeah, he, he was always just assuming that like, mm-hmm. he, I, oh, I just, was that guy who clearly yeah, got right, high yeah. all the time and then went to talk about late at night and like <laughs> the two of us shared a secret that I was so like, really, you didn't do yourself any favors by continuing to do late night Taco Bell runs. Yeah. But I didn't do anything. And I, I had the reputation of this one drive through guy as, yeah, like a lascivious <laughs> weed lord uh, of the Taco Bell drive through. <laughs> I have never smoked marijuana in my life. I've only inhaled. Why would I <laughs> through that other I'm, car? I, whatever. That's neither here nor there. Yeah. I don't give a shit one way or the other about that. But I am yeah. the furthest one can get from that. But yeah. this guy's opinion of me right. was so. Uh, I did not. Why would I dissuade him from it? Yeah. Because yeah. it was a f- the funniest shit to yeah, me yeah. that I would get like winked at and like uh, just have a bunch of like mm. yeah various like vague weed intimations made by this Taco Bell drive-through guy. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I think that the, the best, um, the pro move from, for all this stuff is to, is to somehow seed a bunch of sort of unrelated, but plausible implications about yourself to the widest possible variety of contacts you can so that when you need to call in a favor, you've got your like mm. mental Rolodex mm-hmm. of like, ah, I'm the combustion engine guy mm-hmm. to, to the to this guy. I'm the, mm-hmm. I'm the weed lord to this but cashier. How do you cash that in? Taco Bell guy, I need someone to smirk like I smoke pot all the time. <laughs> I think that guy's not going to give me pot. Well, I mean, I don't know. You just gotta you gotta plant your. It would have to be a situation where like you want to impress somebody because they think like you're cool because you're a weed guy. Oh yeah, that guy's high all the time. You need someone to vouch for you, so you take them in the drive-through with you. Howard and Kumar situation. Yeah. Howard and Kumar. (laughs) Oh, sorry. Harold Harold and Kumar. Uh, Jesus Christ. Howard and Kumar. Howard and Kumar. Howard and Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if you end up in your knockoff Howard and Kevin shitty shitty adventure, uh, you can call in a favor from the Taco Bell. Yeah. uh, Starring Sinbad. Yeah. Yeah. As a a Howard, whatever. As a Henry. Um, Should we try and do? Should we do one more email? Yeah. Do we have time for that? Of course. We always there's always time for one more email. All right. Um, Ashley writes For the past ten years I've been under the impression Ray Liotta has his own brand of food products such as salad dressings, pasta sauces, etc. I have firmly <laughs> believed this to be true, despite never seeing the products in any store. I have told a handful of people over the last decade Mm. Ray Liotta is in the food business, and no one else seems to have heard about it. I began to wonder why I thought this was a fact. I forgot about the whole thing until I started listening to your podcast. It was the mentions of B-Movie and product placement in television that jogged my memory. When did we talk about B-Movie? I think it was months ago. I don't even remember what the context was. Oh, right. The only movie about about insects. Mm. Oh, that's true. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, I rewatched B Movie today to get to the bottom of this pressing matter. This is actually fantastic. Okay, sorry, keep going. Ray Liotta shows up in court with a jar of honey featuring his face. This, the scene is less than a minute long, but apparently it left such an impression on me. I truly believed he was a food entrepreneur extraordinaire. <laughs> I now feel hoisted. I did some research, and in September of this year, Ray Liotta was cast as Colonel Harlan Sanders in the new KFC ads. He is endorsing a honey mustard sandwich. 
Coincidence? I think not. Could this have something to do with a 17-hour ghost, or does the dude really just like honey? Have you ever been convinced a fictional product was real and were left looking like a damn fool? Mildly embarrassed, Ashley. It's weird that B-Movie is the center of one of these stupid uh, Mandela effects. It's like, it's, it's, it's a... It's a nexus of that bullshit. Yeah, yeah. B movie seems to attract strange. It has some kind of like um, in internet sympathetic energy field surrounding it. It seems to just pull in weird sort of idiocy and and yeah, because it's like theories. It, it has a Ray Liotta food thing that is like a that's created a Mandela effect version of like the Paul Newman food brands. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Uh, and then also. Colonel Sanders is another one of those things that just weaves around because it's such a... Yeah, we've also talked a lot about Colonel Sanders on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. he sucks. <laughs> wow. I mean, yeah. whatever. Let's be honest. I yeah. have no opinion about Colonel Sanders. Well. The real Colonel Sanders <laughs> was, like, really ashamed of KFC. Well, Did you know that? That's too bad. Yeah. Well, ab- about the, like, once he, once he sold it... Yeah, and he it's it became a, a huge franchise thing. He, I think, was very outspoken actually in saying this chicken tastes like trash. This has nothing yes. to do with my sort of the chicken that I used to make. This is embarrassing. Um, but he's still. I mean, it's 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 really weird to think that he, an actual human being who existed physically on the planet, is now played by food magnate Ray Liotta. <laughs> <laughs> It's 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 a strange fact of the way that kind of marketing and capitalism works that that guy who explicitly believed that that company's products were garbage is just plastered all over every single one of their stores and is in fact like recreated by other human beings. What if Ray Liotta now like what if Ray Liotta starts playing Dave Thomas? Ah, from Wendy's? Yeah, and then his his final act is to play Ronald McDonald. <laughs> he just has, he what, he's insinuating himself into the, yeah. what is his end game on this? I don't know. Why does it matter? Well, I mean. Some I, kind of like MCU universe probably, like, you know, kind of tied up into some kind of, you yeah, know, the, mega property film that is. The, the Ray Liotaverse. Yeah, yeah. 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 Food Fight. Like, wasn't there like a horrible <laughs> yes. animated film oh, man. from years food fight. ago? Food Fight, Food Fight, Food Fight. Didn't it tie in a bunch of brands? Yes. Oh, did it? Food oh. Fight, yeah. food oh. fight is amazing. I'll just keep saying Food Fight over food and fight. Food Fight, Food Fight, Food Fight, Food, 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 Food Fight. Food, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you, you can't just? Food Fight broke me. Food fight wasn't. Oh my god! It said food fight. Did it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's the food fight guy. Food fight. Oh, really? Oh no, he funded food fight. Food. <laughs> okay, <laughs> get a hold of yourself. <laughs> food fight was uh, someone's attempt at an answer to Toy Story when Toy Story was, a, I guess, like the first computer animated feature film, and there yeah, wasn't mm-hmm. a huge industry around it. Someone yeah. said, "Oh, we can do that," and they got a bunch of brands to sign on to give their mascots likeness rights to this movie called Food Fight. Yeah. And they s- tried to spin up an animation studio to, I guess, compete with Pixar, but this it's going to be about brands, not about toys. You know, like if they can get yeah. Lincoln Logs into whatever, Etch-A-Sketch, then we can get Mrs. Buttersworth and... Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they did. They got a ton. Yeah, a ton of them. The, you can watch the trailer for Food Fight. It's, it's You can watch most impressive. of Food Fight. It is... It is vile. You would not want to. It is the least palatable, most just horrible looking computer animated. (laughs) I guess it's a movie. Yeah. It just, oh. 
No, it's 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 abysmal. just hideous looking. It really is, yeah. Oh. Everything about it is is uh, it's is off putting. Oh, the concept off-putting. of it is on its face crass and terrible. Yeah. And the result is just hideous looking. It's like when you see just like joke, like fake fake computer animated bloopers are like this is my student reel but it's clearly oh, just yeah. like a hideous joke yeah. where just like what is what is bad computer animation look like it's mm-hmm. that but for a whole movie they made the movie i don't yeah. i don't know how if it was released theatrically I think it was. anyway look up food fight uh starring ray liotta as everyone <laughs> <laughs> yep I don't think we answered Ashley's question. I don't think we answered any of these questions. Yeah, these are no. all people who wrote in trapped inside of these bubble universes where certain things appear to them to be true. Yeah. Oh, uh, but but I don't know what there's there's no. Are they impo- but are they important? That's the question. <laughs> no. No, Absolutely. they're not. No. Three, they're the number three one four shows up all the time. Yeah. Uh, I people the universe claims I like Hawaiian shirts. Yeah. I believe to my core that Ray Liotta has a food. Manufacturing company. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I the 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 world has dubbed me the Olive because of of actions I did not even commit. Yeah. yeah no. Everyone everyone who wrote in this week is surrounded by some kind of um, like matrix that puts them in a universe that is just slightly off kilter in an incredibly specific and also incredibly meaningless <laughs> way. I mean, which or, really, I mean, who, or it's incredibly meaningful, yeah. and they've they've uncovered the true world. Yeah, I mean, that's. But have they all individually uncovered the true world? Well, when when uh, Ray Liotta dressed as Colonel Sanders, but also dressed as Chef Boyardee, turns around to reveal that he has the number three fourteen tattooed on his back in yeah. a Hawaiian shirt pattern, <laughs> uh, and then eats an olive. Yeah. Yeah. And something else. Well, he happens. holds out two olives. He holds out two olives. <laughs> he says, he says, reflected the green or the reflected yeah. in his dollar sign sunglasses. Uh, <laughs> it says one of these is a gift, the other is a curse. <laughs> then you'll know. Then you'll know. Yeah. Uh, that you've died. <laughs> yep. And that this podcast has uh, come to a conclusion. Shall we endorse? Let's yeah. do it. All right. Jake, you want to kick us off? I'm going to endorse something on Twitter. Now stick with me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going to endorse an old Twitter bot that I like called Pentamatron. Is it still running? It is. It actually, it it was gone for a while, but it seems to have come back. Okay. Pentamatron is a Twitter bot that finds two tweets uh, that, when paired together, form a rhyming iambic couplet. So, um... Can you give an example of that? I can. So an iamb is a sort of poetic um, unit, I guess you'd call. I don't, I don't. I don't know enough about poetry to know the sort of terminology. You learned about it when you learned about Shakespeare in yeah, English class. Yeah, it's a it's a collection of two syllables that are unstressed and then stressed. Mm-hmm. So, um, of course, now that I want to do this, I can't find an example of it. But um, today is an example. Today, mm-hmm. it's things that have the to cadence. Me, to da, me, da, to yeah, me, to me, to so, me, to me, to me, to me. Yeah, that's iambic. To me, to me, to me, to me, to me. Shakespeare. Yeah. <laughs> it's iambic because it's it's unstressed followed by stress, and it's pentameter because there's five yeah. of those. Pentametron units. doesn't always get the meter right because it finds tweets that meet these. But like, here's an example of uh, the one and only Ms. Ferocious guy. My brother really got the kitten high. Those are two tweets that are unrelated. Wait, say the whole thing together again. Uh, my brother really got the kitten high, the one and only Ms. Ferocious guy. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, what a clever bot. What a clever idea for a, for a Twitter bot. 
So it just it it collects two unrelated two tweets? unrelated tweets. Yeah. Okay. Want extra money for the holidays? I want to buy perfumes and body sprays. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I could use. I need some advice about mm. what to get people. Mm-hmm. Sp- spread love today, tomorrow, every day. Oh yeah, Mariah Carey on her way. Nice. There you go. So this is a good. It's a good Twitter bot. It's been around for a long time. Yeah. Um. My. My most proud moment as a, a member of the Idle Thumbs Network was when, um, oh, what was it? There was a line from Space Asshole, a song from the Idle Thumbs podcast oh, yeah. that ended up in Pentametron. Oh, oh really? Wow. Yeah. I don't remember It was that like at all. Space Asshole spreading charges left and right or something like that uh-huh. showed oh, yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Uh, huh. It was a line from a song from our video game podcast showed yeah. up in Pentametron years ago, and I was wow. so happy. Nice. Yeah, that's, I used to occasionally crazy. plant... Uh, like oh, big lines. One half uh, of an of of yeah. I used they, to, do you ever get picked up? Nah, I oh, never bummer. did. Yeah, I always I always tried. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good, good endorsement. I hope Pentametron will find this tweet. Was one that uh, Darius Kazumi uh, tweeted a, a lot in hopes that it would get grabbed <laughs> and it never did. <laughs> it never did. Oh wow, <laughs> that's a good one. Um, Nick, you want to endorse something? Sure. I was originally going to endorse like a really frivolous cooking thing, which is uh, that if you have never used a squeeze bottle for like your oils it's the best way to squeeze oh man you got to buy some cheap squeeze bottles you know just like Mm -hmm, the kind plastic squeeze bottles plastic squeeze bottles and put your like olive oil in there it's so much easier than than actually just using that massive olive oil do what every restaurant does yep exactly uh however uh after all of the talk of gift giving it reminded me of one of the better gifts i've ever given uh which was (laughs) Uh uh when i was growing up uh, we lived in Michigan, and Michigan is known for, like, you know, lakes. Students designing combustion engines. Yes, engines, lakes. Uh, and lakes uh, uh, give you, uh, like, fish at your supermarket, and you just grow up eating lake fish all the time. What, uh, what are examples uh, of, like... Per- like, perch, for okay. instance, which, like, is a really delicious white fish that is now incredibly expensive because the lakes have been destroyed. Anyway, uh, on a better note... Um, you can still buy Lake Perch if you live in Michigan, but you, you're not going to ever get it anywhere else because it's just there just isn't enough supply. Uh, so my parents moved out of Michigan uh, five, six years ago, and so they can't have Lake Perch anymore. And it's just it was just such it was like a cultural thing of just like, right. oh, man, like at least once a week you would have Perch. Yeah. Um, and they really miss it. Uh, and so I looked up this place that basically just catches Lake Perch, freezes it immediately and then we'll just ship it to restaurants in bulk. Huh. And I bought my parents like a five pound or 10 pound box of just Lake Perch and it just destroyed them completely. Because it is something they haven't tasted in years that they just grew up with and had for their entire lives. Right, and, and then have gone without off. it. Yeah. And they just fucking loved it. And so I would say like as a recommendation for the holidays, if there's something that you know somebody misses, hmm. maybe that is like a, a an easy but if it's a in good doubt, vector. If in doubt, yeah. send them a frozen lake perch. Yeah, yeah send, send them, them a frozen, frozen fish. block of pounds of lake yeah, fish. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Huh? That's my endorsement. Yeah, that's a good that's a good way to think about gift giving. I really miss having a squeeze bottle for like <laughs> oil. Um, I am going to also endorse food related things. Nick, this is sort of connected to you a little bit. I remember when we uh, we used to live together years ago, and I remember you would always talk about um, like roast chicken, like roasting mm-hmm. a chicken as just a thing you loved in the kitchen and just a delicious meal. It's and great. I I remember. 
it's not that I didn't believe that that is a good thing to do. Obviously, roast chicken is is good, but it it always seemed like unnecessary, like overly complicated. You know, I would just buy mm. just packaged chicken thighs or breasts or whatever mm-hmm. from the store and just use those and just mm-hmm. saute them in a pan or whatever. Just the easiest sure. possible route to cooked chicken. Um, and I and I just remember not just thinking like, oh yeah, that's probably cool, but it just seems like a pain in the ass. I don't really care. Um, and then this year. Uh, Sarah and I went to Paris for just a few days, but we went to, um, you know, we went to a bunch of different like bistros and stuff. We just stop in. And one of the things in that city and I would assume elsewhere in France is you can always everywhere just serves an amazing roast chicken. That's Mm -hmm. just a staple item that is just always on the menu and just delicious and perfect and so simple. And I realized this year, you know what? I really should do what Nick always said and learn how to do this. And I've gotten really into roasting chickens nice. this year. Yeah. And I went from never having. So last year it was in it, a combination of that experience. And then also last year making my first ever Thanksgiving dinner. It was the first year mm. that I hadn't gone home for Thanksgiving. And so I roasted a turkey and that was the first time I'd roasted any whole bird. And um, so I've just gotten really into that this year. And it is just the most cost effective mm-hmm. yeah. uh, way to make chicken because you can also use the leftover carcass to make stock. Um, you get all the meat from the chicken. It's much cheaper than buying, you know, the cost per pound is much cheaper than buying the pieces. Yep. And also it is just one of those perfect meals. I mean, you're totally right. It is something that requires almost no ingredients. You yep. really just need salt and pepper and actually uh, baking powder to, to mm, do it mm-hmm. the way I've been doing it, um, which I will mention and Gotta crisp it up, crisp it up, yeah, and and that's and even just that with any side is is delicious. Um, I will sub endorse a few things um, that have been useful to me. One is the spatchcock method of butterflying the chicken to sort of flatten it out and make it cook more evenly throughout, so you don't get certain parts overcooked and certain parts undercooked. Uh, a good meat thermometer, mm-hmm. especially when you're still feeling pen. this out. Yeah, thermopen is what I use, yeah, um, so that you can make sure that you're, you're not overcooking it at all uh, or undercooking it, I guess. Um, and uh, I, the, speci- the source that I used to learn how to um, spatchcock the bird, which I also used for my Thanksgiving turkey, is detailed on Serious Eats by J. Kenji Lopez-Alt. He's a great food writer, and I will link to that. I will link to the thermopen, uh, and I will link to the Serious Eats article about actually roasting um, the bird once you have butterflied it. And it has just been a hugely additive to my food life recently. So Good. thank you for planting that seed years yeah. ago, Nick. I'm glad that that yeah. seed was planted and, yes. and it grew it into, grew into, a, into chicken. a chicken. Yep. <laughs> Gross. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> Ugh. And, uh, yeah, on, uh, on that, that's our podcast. That is important if true for this week. If you like this podcast, please, please tell a friend, tell people on social media, spread the word however you can. It is really the only way we have um, to spread the word about the podcast. And if you, uh, if you do like it, please consider rating us and reviewing us on iTunes. That is another great way um, to, ex- to hopefully make it more likely other people will see this. If you have any questions, if you need our advice, if you have a problem that needs solving, obviously we are the best uh, people <laughs> to ask. So send that in to questions at importantiftrue.com, and we will do our best. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at ImportantCast or on Facebook if you search for Important If True. 
And our website is importantiftrue.com, where you can find all this information and more. On that, we will be back next week for Idle Thumbs. I am Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. I'm Jake Rodkin. When you're making your chicken, make sure that it stays well seasoned. Fuck, jeez. Oh, Sixteenth, I guess, is what it is. Sixteenth, uh-huh. I guess, is what it is. That was iambic. <laughs> <laughs> True. I can't not notice that whenever it happens. Sixteenth, I guess, is what it is. Yeah. It's not pentameter, but it's yeah. Iambic. I guess it's missing. It's missing two syllables. Yeah. Pentametron is one of the best Twitter bots of all time. Maybe you should endorse it. Maybe oh, I will now. Did it. <clears throat> Gonna endorse it. I notice in this conspicuous absence. Oh yeah. I never have anything ready. I don't I don't want people to know about what I like. That's fine.